Science, exercise, nutrition, health, energy, passion. One year, no beer. This is the One Year No Beer podcast, where you will find all the latest tips, tricks, and hacks for a way to live better. And with me today is Dr. Ganum. Dr. Ganum, thank you so much for joining us on the One Year No Beer podcast. It's great to have you. Thank you for having me. So um, give us a bit of background. Um, tell us your, your story and how you got into studying the gut. Uh, well, I I started uh, looking into the gut about uh, over a over, uh, couple of decades in, in particular, especially when I looked at uh, fungus and bacteria. You know, I am uh, a professor in uh Case Western Reserve University, and I direct the Center for Medical Mycology, which is the fungal research. That's why I am known as a fungi, okay? <laughs> a fungi so, to be with. <laughs> that's a, exactly. So what, I, what happened, I started to look into the microbiome, and uh, particularly in Crohn's disease patients, and we found that there is imbalance in both bacteria and fungi, and when we published our work, uh, we received a huge interest in people, and people started to uh, call me to say, can you help us with this? And that's where we started to establish uh, a really new ways of balancing your gut and having a company called Biome. But more often, people start asking about also food, what to do, what, how to manage, how can we rebalance our gut? And that's why I came out with the uh, book called uh, Total Gut Balance, because this is very important to have a total gut balance so that we rebalance our gut if you have imbalance and maintain it. Excellent. That's really, really, really interesting. And so um, with the um, programs that you do today, um, what, what, what sort of, how, how do people get involved? Well, uh, there is a, a through Biome, people can uh, reach out to the company, biomehealth.com. Uh, it's B-I-O-H-M. And there you can see what type of probiotics. We have prebiotics, but really importantly, we have also a gut test where you uh, consumers send us their uh, stool sample. We look at it and we'll try to see, is there an imbalance there? Once you have an imbalance, we have a group of nutritionists who can help you uh, recommend what sort of food, what sort of way of life you need to follow, and that will help you to rebalance your gut and hopefully come become well. Uh, that sounds amazing. I need to do that. Um, so um, sign me up. I'll, I'll, I'm going to go and do this. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm excited to send you my poop. Um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll have to send, send, I'll take care of it. <laughs> send it, send it internationally. Um, but I did do something like that years and years ago when, um, they thought I had some crazy infectious disease. Um, and I actually had nothing. I think again, it was just down to drinking too much. And so that's why it's really interesting, um, finding out about this, um, that, that obviously I don't think people are realizing the harm that drinking alcohol is having on their gut. 100%. And also what's good news in this regard is, as you said, you did the testing long time ago. Now the technology is in place 
which is able to tell you not that you have an infection, but that you have imbalance and that's how to correct it. And definitely alcohol is one of the ways that can cause this imbalance and you need to do something to bring it back into harmony. Yeah, what I'd love to do, we're, we're going to do together, aren't we? Um, is that um, is 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 get some people uh, different levels, different types of drinkers, um, do the do the test, and then do the test at twenty eight days, and then ninety days, and then come out and show people how impactful it is uh, removing alcohol on the gut. That will be fantastic. You had IBS before you started this whole journey, and by giving up alcohol for even a short period of time, those symptoms abated. They went away. So Dr. Ganum, let's talk a bit about what's actually going on. Why is that the case? What's happening in the gut when we drink alcohol? What happens when we take alcohol away? First of all, studies to look at how alcohol affect the microbiome, which as you know, it's microorganisms, uh, both bacteria and fungus that live in our gut. They live there and they are imbalanced. And they, once they are imbalanced, we have really good health. However, studies have shown that when you take alcohol, you cause imbalance. And sometimes this is called dysbiosis. This is the scientific term for uh, imbalance. Now, a lot of these studies, they come from animals as well as humans. If we look at the studies which looked at what alcohol does to you uh, using animals, and as I mentioned, the first thing it does, it causes imbalance or dysbiosis, but also particularly, it causes an increase in small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. In other words, uh, increase in the number of bacteria in your gut start to grow beyond control. And this is referred to usually as SIBO, SIBO, uh, which is again refers to an increase in the growth of microorganisms in your gut, which as you know, we want something to be uh, well balanced. Having too much of something is always like drinking alcohol, too much of uh, drinking alcohol has its side effects. And this is what happens in our gut. So in particular, when you drink alcohol, studies in animals have shown that it can change the balance by decrease in a phylum called firmacutes, which is a good uh, guy, sort of. At the same time, we have an increase in another phylum called protobacteria, and this is the bad guy. And this protobacteria have been associated with inflammation. So you have yes. inflam uh, underlying inflammation in your system. So you can see Easily, we are increasing the bug or the microorganisms that cause inflammation, and we are decreasing the good uh, ones as, uh, at the same time. Now, so what does that mean? When you have this imbalance, what we are having is that we can affect the lining of our gut, where you have to start having a breakage in the barrier. You know our intestine is very nicely should be uh, healthy and tight junction, which means it's all very nicely secure. It does not allow things to go into our blood uh, haphazardly. So when you have this overgrowth, you are causing this barrier to break down. And with that, we start to have some issues. 
I want to come back to that, but I want to ask, why is that happening? Is the alcohol, is it because it's a toxin? Is it producing some type of byproduct? Is it because it's breaking down into sugars that the proteobacteria like? What is the actual component of alcohol that is causing the issue? You know, it's very simple. If you think about it, we all go and buy uh, alcohol wipes to, to kill microorganisms. So obviously, when you have too much alcohol, you are <laughs> That's killing. That's a good point. You know, you are killing very, very simply uh, this organism. Please go ahead. Uh, no, no. I mean, that, that uh, you just went over that very quickly, but that's a good point. We buy alcohol wipes. The alcohol wipes are to kill the bacteria. What do you think that does inside your body? Exactly. Exactly. You are absolutely right. So what it does, it kills the good bacteria or the beneficial bacteria as well as the beneficial uh, fungi that make our lining healthy and well. So when you kill the, the good ones, what's happening, as I mentioned, we have an increase in the bad ones. And that's where the trouble start uh, happening. I think I've heard from people too that there's um, there was a study done, I think it was in Spain, where they did uh, they looked at people who had had food poisoning at a wedding, I think it was, and the people who had drank the most actually had the lower incidence of food poisoning. Now, that's not, uh, you know, say, that's not to say that people should be drinking more <laughs> at a wedding because they <laughs> might get food poisoning, but it does back up this point of it's killing the bacteria. And so once it gets into the gut, you know, it's, it's maybe being willy-nilly about which ones it's killing and which ones it's not. And because so many people perhaps already have a bit of dysbiosis based on the diet and lifestyle that they may be partaking in. It's, it's just creating an even more hospitable environment for those bad guys. Uh, absolutely. This is all connected. And as you rightly mentioned, that environment as well as diet in particular could also cause this dysbiosis. So imagine you are eating Western diet with all the fat stuff and all the yeah. fries and at the same time drinking you really are creating a very hostile environment in your gut, which is not but, good news. But just playing with that one for a minute, you know, everybody seems to have a story. Everybody's got a story of the guy who's, you know, drank three bottles of wine a day and had fish and chips and deep fried Mars bars um, all day of the week, every day for breakfast. Um, and yet he lives to 90 years old. Um, and, and, and so if this stuff is so bad for the gut, how are we, how are we able to exist? Very good question. Very good question. Why? Because, you know, sometimes we as scientists try to separate things and make them simple. So we say, okay, if we change the microbiome, this will happen. However, there is genetical factor. There is your way of life. You are stressed all the time. So it's not just one simple factor. However, this factor, which is the gut microbiome, plays a major role. So even though you may eat everything you want, which is not really very healthy, you may still live till your 90s. Having said that, I don't know how well you are living to 90s. Maybe you don't die, but <laughs> you're still yeah. suffering. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I think that we've learned so much now, too, about the mind and the mind's role of health. And we're starting to get so much more in depth on what that means. But perhaps the guy who's eating the fish and chips 
and having a lot of alcohol is also uh, having a really strong community aspect. And he's very happy with those decisions and doesn't stress out about the fact that he's making unhealthy decisions. And so he's got low stress, low stress. He's exactly, very happy. Exactly. Low stress. It could be. It could be. <laughs> now, you mentioned briefly about the leaky gut aspect. And I think, Ruri, this goes back to the part where you said, I just felt clearer. I felt more, con- you know, I could concentrate better. I had better focus. Alcohol really impacts this gut-brain connection as well. And I think it's through this leaky gut that you were talking about, Dr. Gnum, that, you know, once we have the leaky gut, maybe we're getting some neuroinflammation, we're having, um, you know, some some gut-brain axis issues, and that's really causing these symptoms of depression, anxiety, even just fogginess. We don't even have to go to the clinical side of things, just brain fogginess and feeling weighted down. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's now science has clearly established that there is a bi-directional or two-way uh, communication between our gut and the brain. The brain, uh, we used to think only the brain tell us what to do, but now also our gut and the microorganism and our gut uh, secrete these metabolites or small molecules, which also tell the brain what to do. So both affect each other. But if you think about it, in particular, when you drink alcohol, what happens? What happens is, remember, we are causing damage to our gut lining. Or uh, So because of this, we'll start to see an increased level of endotoxins that goes in the blood. You know, and these endotoxins, as you call, as you know, they are of bacterial origin and they are, as the name is, toxins. They cause uh, issues. At the same time, it allows the really increased translocation. In other words, it, some of the bacterial products which should not be, uh, which should not pass into our blood, by having this damage, we have an increased permeability uh, of the gut lining, allowing all these bad elements to pass through and cause of course, uh, health issues. And uh, totally, this is referred to a leaky gut. Wow. And it sounds like this is happening whether you're a casual drinker or an alcoholic or somewhere in between. It sounds like the alcohol can have this impact even if you're, like we're saying, at a wedding and you have six drinks in one night, which would be considered binge drinking, you're going to have this impact. Uh, no, no doubt about it. I mean, there is one point which we need to remember, which is uh, the uh, good news. Like, even though uh, uh, alcohol, as we men- as we mentioned, it causes dysbiosis. Sometimes some alcohol have compounds in it, dietary compounds like polyphenols that really are helpful, are are good stuff. And because of this, I think, uh, of course, I am with you. We should uh, stop. Uh, drinking for some time and see the benefits of it. But at the same time, if you take a little bit of alcohol, maybe not more than one glass uh, three times a week, in a way you may have uh, an increase of uh, abundance of good microorganisms such as uh, bifidobacterium. Like studies have shown that uh, having red wine, for example, increase the abundance of this beneficial bacteria, which is good news. But at the same time, yeah, go ahead, please. Uh, well, there's two, there's two things I wanted to ask there. 
um, I'm fairly confident that um, a lot of the uh, research that says that alcohol is good for you is not actually talking about alcohol. It's talking about, as you say, the ingredients um, that surround alcohol, because at the end of the day, alcohol is ethanol. And I'm pretty confident there has never, ever, ever, ever been a study that's saying putting ethanol into the human body or an animal body is good for it. Correct? Uh, that's absolutely right. And then we Excellent. talk in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I just like to draw that line there. Whenever sure. anyone comes and says to me, yeah, but it's good for you, I can go no, and smack them with that one. Were you talking yes. about the polyphenols, which comes in, in wine? Now, I'm pretty sure you can get thousands of times more from a normal healthy diet. Um, what other things could you eat or drink other than that, that, that don't have ethanol in it? Um, that could uh -huh. give you a similar amount? I mean, yeah, this is a very nice question. I don't advocate for anybody to go drinking to get healthy, <laughs> even a <laughs> little bit. Good. I'm glad we nailed that so, one to the ball. <laughs> no, no, no. But, <laughs> leave it out there for anyone listening going, oh, so I can yeah. still drink red wine. No, no, my friend, you have better food. You have, you know, whole food. You have grains. Like if you like some pistachio, you have some uh, uh, legume, for example, lentils. You can have yes. good fish, uh, you know, salmon. Yeah. You are from Scotland and you have very good right. salmon there. So go very after good. that. Yeah. So, and, and, and thousands of times more, like not a small amount more, lots more um, um, uh, times, you know, the, the, the ingredients in, in, a, in a good healthy diet. So it kind of eradicates that whole um, piece around, uh, around any of it being healthy for you. But um, one thing I'm really interested in is, is seeing, so, you know, I guess two parts to this question, and apologies if you were going to do this, Andrea, but um, the, 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 the first part is what are some of the, if I'm a listener and I'm thinking, well, could this be because I'm drinking alcohol? What are some of the, the experiences somebody would have from having leaky gut or problems in their gut due to alcohol? What are the physical and mental symptoms that they might have? I mean, one of the first thing is inflammation. And as you know, when you have inflammation, you have pain in your uh, gastrointestinal tract. You may have some, uh, uh, you know, bloating. You may have some uh, various, various uh, gastrointestinal symptoms that we associate associate with IBS, for example, which you know very well because there you, you go. suffer from them, yeah. uh, are manifested there. Uh, I think what people don't realize too is symptoms of autoimmune disease. So things like rheumatoid arthritis, that is a symptom mm. of leaky gut. We can't have any right. autoimmune disease without having intestinal permeability. So, so many times people, really? these things pop up and someone will say it came out of nowhere, right? But <laughs> that's so not true. We, we yeah. When we look at their health history, we can very clearly see the delineation of how those things came to be. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So I guess on the flip side of that is, how quickly, uh, how, what happens when you stop drinking to the gut? And um, why do these symptoms disappear? I mean, basically, when you stop drinking, number one, you are giving a chance for good microorganisms to take over instead of the pathogenic one that cause issues and start to break uh, the lining. Uh, so to me, once you stop drinking, especially if you uh, have that with a good diet, 
to try to support the beneficial organisms as well as if you use some probiotic or food that have prebiotics or these fibers, you are going to start rebuilding. It's like when something damaged and then we try to fix it slowly but surely it will go uh, it will go back to uh, a normal balanced situation. So in a way, there are studies that have been done both in animals, uh, rodents, uh, rats and mice, as well as in humans, which shows that when you stop the damaging effect of alcohol, then you will start to build the beneficial organism. Clearly, you need to help them because you uh, you've been suffering with something. We need to start building uh, our gut. One of the uh, issues which I my favorite is to do with biofilm or digestive plaque, where it forms in your gut and that will have uh, it will eliminate our ability to absorb the nutrients in our food. It also start to uh, break down our gut lining and then you have the leaky gut. So once you stop alcohol, then you should start having a good diet, try to build it back, and let's do everything. We have probiotic, prebiotic, and take plant proteins, for example, to start rebuild the health uh, or what we may, uh, health of your microbiota in a way to rebalance and then maintain this nice harmony in the gut. Brilliant. So, so don't use stopping drinking as an excuse to go out and eat cake, <laughs> is what right, you're saying. Right. Don't re- don't well, quote unquote reward yourself for stopping drinking by you know going down to the bakery and uh, the pizza shop. Okay, there's actually I, I want to come back onto this, but let's talk about sugar um, um, in a, in a second. Um, but there's two parts. One first part is um, I think we can have a conversation um, again about how we can make some great improvements to the experience of uh, people coming in for neuronobia with exactly those tips. So I think we can make some product improvements. So thank you very much there. Um, just make sure we're, we're introducing uh, a probiotic and bits and pieces like that. So I'll get some more advice from you. The other piece is um, really that the reason why we have such huge transformations at one neuronobia um, is the fact that we're not just removing alcohol. We have a men's system, um, which is what our whole platform is based on, mind, exercise, nutrition, and do. And in the mind piece, it's all around positive psychology, what went well, gratitude, journaling, um, all of those bits of pieces that we know are absolute behemoths and helping people think positively, be happy, uh, change their perception of themselves, et cetera, um, rewire their brain. The, the um, exercise piece is critical. You know, the lymphatic system doesn't have a pump. We need to be exercising in the morning in order to process the detoxing. So that's why we get people to book into a physical challenge like a Spartan or a park run. So exercise is happening. Nutrition, eating right, investigating your diet. What's one diet is right for some person isn't for another. We're not talking about dieting here. We're talking about eating the right foods. Um, and, there, you know, there are obviously some great foods which help with the process of removing alcohol and and removing cravings and sleeping better. You know, sleep is a big thing that people go through a process of it going worse because they've used it as a sleep crutch for so long that they then have to retrain themselves to fall asleep in a nice natural way, but they get much more deep sleep once they've gone through that. And that's when they're like, oh my God, I'm sleeping like it's amazing. And the last piece is the do, which is going out and doing these challenges and challenging yourself in other areas. 
So when you look at the program, it's a whole person program. And when you look at the gut, it's so intrinsically linked with the brain and so intrinsically linked with things like stress, nutrition. Obviously, we're dealing with a lot more and a lot more impact than just removing alcohol. Uh, I tell you something. What you said is absolutely a great way to do it. And why I am saying that, apart from what you, what the belief which what what you showed us is, I am uh, built. I built a program which is a diet called Total Gut Balance, and it's exactly what you said. It's not only food. It's not only about uh, uh, alcohol reduction. It's not about just you know eating right. You have to take, as you mentioned, the total person. You have to have the way of life. Uh, the lifestyle, in other words, is very important. And I make you laugh. You know, I'm, I come from Lebanon, Beirut, and now, believe it or not, I go and do yoga. If my mother heard about that, she will... <laughs> me too. She, she will abandon me. But, <laughs> but... She's not listening to the podcast. I hope not. <laughs> but... Uh, but what I what I think it's absolutely we need to take our uh, few minutes in a day just to relax and just meditate is which you mentioned earlier. I think this is very very important as well as exercise is critical. You don't have to be a marathon runner as long as you are exercising uh, in moderation. It's gonna help you and of course. In this day and age, who doesn't have stress? We need to know how to manage it. And what you mentioned, meditation as well as yoga is a great way to do that. So I love what your program, uh, which you suggested. Thank you so much again for joining us um, on the podcast, uh, Dr. Ghanoum. Can uh, Where do people find out more about and how do they get involved? Uh, you can, first of all, thank you for having me. And second, to get more information, please visit biomehealth.com and you will get a lot of information about uh, the products as well as the gut testing. Uh, also, you can reach me uh, at drmicrobiome.com, uh, which is uh, really a comprehensive uh, microbiome site that can help you and provide you with information that I hope it will be helpful to rebalance your gut and feel great again. Fantastic. And Andrea, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, uh, Dr. Ghanoum. It's been great to have you on the podcast. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the One Year No Beer podcast. For a full list of episodes and to join in the challenge yourself, head on over to oneyearnobeer.com. One